Section 66 of Narratives of Colored Americans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tom Merritt. Narratives of Colored Americans by Abigail Mott and M.S. Wood. Quamino Buchan, a pious Methodist. Quamino was born in the vicinity of New Brunswick, New Jersey, in 1762, and was a slave. In his ninth year, he was hired for a term of years to a person named Skank, who employed him as a house servant, and who, soon after removing to Poughkeepsie, New York, took the lad with him. The unsettled state of the country during the Revolutionary War prevented communication with his old master and quamino had no hope of seeing his former friends but in his eighteenth year he was informed that his master had sent for him on his return to new jersey his old associates had so grown that he felt like a stranger in his old home when nearing the age of manhood he was steady in attending religious meetings walking several miles through all kinds of weather his own account of his motive in going was that he liked to have the name of being a good boy but whatever his motive in going the meetings were a blessing to him one sabbath evening on reaching home he went to the barn where after earnest exercise in prayer he slept upon the straw very early in the morning he went into the field to work first kneeling by the fence being in great distress the gracious words of the saviour deeply impressed him let not your heart be troubled ye believe in god believe also in me yielding his whole heart and all his powers to him who was calling for the sacrifice he felt that he received the unspeakable gift he went to his work and oh said he everything was glorious around me everything seemed to be praising god the change which had come over the boy was conspicuous to all around him he was quiet and diligent in attention to all his duty from this time quamino understood the nature of that peace which passeth all understanding on the sabbath he would get the carriage ready and when his master had started he would walk several miles across the fields to the methodist meeting but always left before the conclusion of the services as if not at home in time to take the horses when the family arrived he was sure to be found fault with if not punished at the age of twenty-six he married sarah a slave on a neighboring place she was soon sold to a distance of five miles and for some years they only met once a week one sabbath morning he went to see her and found that she and her infant had been sold leaving her little son a boy nearly four years old she now had a hard master but through the efforts of her husband she was purchased by a neighbor and at length by the removal of this purchaser quamino induced his second master to whom he had been sold when about thirty years old to buy her afterwards dr griffith bought quamino for two hundred and fifty dollars and sarah 
for one hundred and fifty dollars at the death of dr griffith his goods and chattels including his slaves were advertised to be sold at public auction the sale commenced and quamino and sarah became objects of much attention but a letter was received from william griffith the son and executor of the late master directing that everything should be sold to the highest bidder except the carriage and horse and that with these quamino should bring sarah to burlington oh my dear friend said he in narrating it you do not know how i felt william griffith was not only an eminent lawyer but bore a part in originating the new jersey abolition society for this excellent man whose record is on high quamino worked to the best of his ability one day as he was at work in the garden he heard his name called and seeing his master beside him he modestly said sir we will describe what took place in the good old man's words says he would you like to be free and i said i don't know sir he stood in silence for a little while and i went on working the same as before at last he said i've made up my mind to give you free and says i you give me free master oh it all came on me so unexpected and then he up and told me all how he would do when i call you you must take your wife by the hand and come into my office one day he called me to bring my wife i went in the kitchen and said mother mr griffith says you must come along with me to the office she stroked her apron and we went and found the office full of gentlemen and there we stood as if we were just married after answering some questions they went back to their work and their certificate of freedom was recorded in the clerk's office in burlington they were then hired at ten dollars a month quamino was then forty-four years old when asked by some of his old friends if he was happier since he received his freedom he said i don't know much about freedom but i wouldn't be a slave again if you'd give me the best farm in the jarseys in the year eighteen forty two when he was eighty years old his wife died suddenly as the remains of sarah were born from their humble home he stood at the door supported by his crutches the tears streaming down his cheeks farewell said he i shall see her no more till we meet within the pearl gates sarah was not inferior to her husband to whom she was a helper in spiritual and temporal things he felt this bereavement keenly his situation without her was forlorn living alone in his house too feeble to dress himself his son who was out at service would put him to bed at night and come in the morning to dress him arrangements were made by several families to furnish him with dinner each taking a particular day and this plan was pursued for eight years his landlord supplied his morning and evening meal until quamino's sight entirely failed when a faithful caretaker was provided for him charles tabor a friend and a minister from canada visited him one morning and was fervently engaged in prayer when he rose from his knees quamino exclaimed 
now i know that my prayer was heard this morning after blessing and praising the master for taking care of me through the night i asked him to please to send me something to comfort me through the day and now he sent you to me oh my dear friend speaking of the evidence of evil around us he said god is his own interpreter and my comforter and he will make all things plain referring to his pains he said the lord is the physician he has a balm for every wound it seems as i sit here i have a view over jordan we must pass jordan's swelling flood and then we'll be in the promised land in reference to his blindness he said that with his natural sight and comprehension he had never been able to conceive the half of the glory which should be revealed or to form a conception of the good things held in store even for so poor a creature as he felt himself to be how long i have to remain in this state he exclaimed the lord knows i resign myself in his hands and to his wisdom oh the lord moves with me so beautiful i trust the lord has enabled me to seek and to find his face in favor being inquired of concerning his health he replied that he could not wish to be better that he was so composed in mind so calm and peaceable oh the glorious prospect i have in view i can't see anything of this world but there seems to be a hovering around me if the heart is composed to his will what can trouble us blessed master please to give me an insight into thy will he spoke of the comfort and strength which is afforded him to hear the scriptures read oh said he if i could only find the words to express the feelings i have when i am alone and yet i do not feel that i am alone either he cares for us and provides for us but he is all in all and over all he leads us by his spirit he don't compel us but enables us oh my blessed saviour teach me oh teach me the measure of my days that i may turn my thoughts more to it but i trust in the lord that he will prepare me and keep me to the end william j allison called on him one morning he found the old man who was one hundred and eight years of age sitting in his chair he gave his visitor an earnest welcome and his tongue was eloquent with rejoicing praises of him who had made him meet for an inheritance with the saints in light glory be to the blessed master he cried again and again clasping his hands like an artless and overjoyed child on this occasion and indeed in almost every interview he devoutly expressed his thankfulness that although deprived of sight his reason and memory were spared him and this was remarkably the case to the last moment of existence my dear friend has been to visit me once more he exclaimed repeatedly after this parting this was his last conversation with any one except a few words to his son and his attendant in the night he called his son and with his mental powers apparently clear to the last and conscious that his end had arrived his purified and enfranchised spirit deserted the clay tenement and who can doubt his welcome into the joy of the lord 
a few weeks afterwards a sermon relating to quamino was preached by the pastor of the methodist congregation to which this aged christian belonged the text was this poor man cried and the lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles psalm thirty four six see thy saviour bending over thee even to old age the same set life's one chief end before thee still to glorify its name while on himself this fix thy sight at evening time there shall be light end of section sixty six